If there's one lesson we are learning from COVID, I hope that it is social connection is vital to health. And there's no better place that's proof of that than Serenby and Agrahood just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so excited to share with you the story about this amazing community that was developed in 2004. And it's become so much more than the founders ever imagined. It's the idyllic life where you can be connected to nature and everything you need is in your own backyard. Serenby has been an inspiration for wellness real estate developers for over 16 years. People come there because they want a better life. So if you love hearing about wellness lifestyle communities like I do, or perhaps you never heard of them before, you won't want to miss today's interview. I have Garni Nigren on the show, and she's the daughter of the founders, Steve and Marie Nigren. It's just such a great interview, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hopefully, it will inspire you to think about your home environment, what's important to you and your family, so that you can intentionally make changes that's not about the stuff you put around you, but it's the elements that bring more enjoyment and meaning into your life. Let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming a Healthy Home by Design, we're gonna uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. Before we talk today, I wanted to mention something I'm super excited about. It's a digital magazine that I've just created and it's called Wellness RE Magazine. It's all about wellness real estate and bringing health and home together. Did you know wellness real estate in 2018 was actually already a $134 billion industry and it's been growing 6% every single year, according to the Global Wellness Institute. I feature a wellness lifestyle community every single month and have articles from home wellness experts across the country sharing their insights on how you can create a healthier, more comfortable and joyful living environment. So if you're interested in checking it out, I have a free download to the very first issue. Just go to wellnessremag.com to get it. There's also a link for a feedback form. So if you want to fill it out and let me know what you think of it, I would really appreciate it. I'm creating it to spread awareness on creating a healthier home, but also as a tool for realtors. I'm a realtor and we're always searching for ways to add value to the people that we know. And this magazine is a great way for us to do that pretty easily. So if you're a realtor and you want to learn more about how you can send this stunning digital magazine full of unique and engaging content to your entire audience that you're not going to find anywhere else, head on over to wellnessrepro.com. Thanks. Welcome back. Before I start the interview, I just want to read to you a little background I found when researching this amazing community that we're talking about today. 
Serenby founders Steve and Marie Nigren believe that if you want to change the world, start in your own backyard. The couple discovered the property now known as Serenby on a weekend outing to introduce their children to the Georgia countryside in 1991. Weekend visits for Marie, Steve, and their young daughters transformed their lives, and three years later, they sold their Atlanta home and relocated full-time to Serenby. The vision of this community of Serenby was born in an effort to protect the beautiful rural land just outside Atlanta known as the Chattahoochee Hill Country. The first house at Serenby was built in 2004, and today the community is home to over 750 residents. Serenby has won numerous awards, including the Urban Land Institute Inaugural Sustainability Award, the Atlanta Regional Commission Development of Excellence, and Earthcraft named Serenby the Development of the Year. They say that if you want to change the world, you start in your own backyard. If that's so, then Serenby is quite a beginning. I absolutely love that. So I've got Garni Nigren on the show today. She's the eldest daughter of Serenby founders Steve and Marie Nigren, and was around seven years old when her parents decided to step off the treadmill of life and retire to a farm outside of Atlanta, the land now known as Serenby. For years, she and her two sisters explored the woods. They played with farm animals and grew up in the 1905 house now known as the Farmhouse Restaurant. Even after graduating from university, she returned back to raise her own family at Serenby and has dedicated her life and career to helping others around her live a well-lived life. Which to her, that means eating fresh, local food, mostly from Serenby Farms. She avoids plastic, she walks everywhere she goes, regularly runs, and practices yoga. Plus, she's head of operations for Serenby Hospitality. She opened Serenby Real Estate. She's co-owner of a cold-pressed bamboo juices and retail boutique, both located inside Serenby. Welcome. We're here with Garni Nigren, and I'm so excited for you to meet her because she's going to tell us about an amazing wellness community that is just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and it's been around since 2004. Welcome, Garni. Thank you. So happy to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about Serenby because it has such an interesting story. I don't think that your parents, um, who are the founders, ever really had the idea when they first found the, the land, right? They, it kind of just developed on its own. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Absolutely. So um, in 1991, right, so um, almost 20 years ago, um, we were on a weekend drive um, and stumbled upon the initial 60 acres of what we then called the farm, affectionately, today called Serenby. Uh -huh. um, and two weeks after visiting, my mom said, I don't know why, but I think we need to buy the farm. Um, and my dad said, okay, happy wife, happy life, we'll buy the farm. And when we're not using it, thinking that we would come down like once a month, right, for the day. Yeah. When we're not using it, we'll sell it in two years. Yeah. Um, well, the, that thought uh, turned into once a month was every single weekend, our car was, par was packed in Midtown Atlanta, and we couldn't wait to get down to the farm. Um, and so after three years of coming on the weekends, my dad had the kind of opportunity and realization of opportunity to retire early yeah. and realization of like, you know, the kids, I have two, I have two younger sisters. Um, are completely blossoming and at the farm where they have the ability to run around and pick up sticks and just spending time in nature, right? Um, and so we moved to what's now Sayer in 1994 um, full-time with my dad thinking that it was going to be full-time retirement. Um, and exactly, right? Yeah. And so fast forward to 1999, uh, we realized that we were in the path of uh, the sprawl of Metro Atlanta. 1999 was really the height of the sprawl of Metro Atlanta, where so much of 
um, the green fields, right? Areas around Metro Atlanta that were farms um, or just open, open green space were becoming what I'll affectionately call anywhere USA, right? Our typical yeah. subdivisions and strip malls. Um, and so that was really the kind of that time period in 1999 was when my dad came out of retirement and the thought process for, it wasn't, hey, we wanna become developers, but it was how do we protect our own backyard? Mm -hmm. um, and how do we protect the green space? And realizing that buying land just to do nothing with it, right? Yeah. Um, isn't possible and definitely isn't sustainable, right? Isn't, it isn't sustainable necessarily as a model around the country, not only because of growing population, but you, you run out of financial resources. Right. And so um, the idea for Sarenby started as like, how do we come up with a development tool and a development model to protect green space? Mm -hmm. How can we think about green space and development um, being in balance and harmony? Um, and so I'll pause there, but that's how we got from 1991 of the weekend home um, to 2000 of thinking about a development model that highly incorporates green space. I love that. So then how many um, people did you have to get together to actually start the wheels in motion? I mean, I wouldn't even know how to, how to start something like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's an undertaking. Yeah. So um, it was, my dad had been in um, the hospitality restaurant world for multiple years. Okay. And so had not been on the development side, but had definitely been on the like building creation side of spaces. Okay. Um, and because of his 30 plus years in the restaurant world was connected, um, in Atlanta and to people. And so kind of through his network, he was like, I'm thinking about doing this, right. This crazy yeah. thing of building a, a dense walkable town in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was that right. Yeah. Of reaching out. Now I think like to our, I think like it's, it's always interesting, right? So I think anything that comes in in any industry, in any space, um, that comes in to think about really being disruptive and a and a positive disruption, right? Of a new model and thinking about something differently. I think you you have to come in it without without knowing what you're doing, because yeah. otherwise, if you come, I think so often if you come knowing kind of like how to do it, you get too. I think you both get too stuck in like the old fundamental ways of how things have been going. Yeah, yeah. you're not able to like be outside of the box as much. So well, I think. And it I'm sorry to interrupt. It seems like when you have more minds together too, and you come from a collaborative point of view and you're just asking the questions like, how can we make this work? You know, you're going to get a better solution than if you just came up with it yourself anyways. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's amazing. So then how long did this idea take to develop before um, a house was actually built in Serenby? Yep. So planning for Serenby, um, from 2000 to 2002 is really work on overall zone, zoning for this larger area. So not only for San Rebbe, but for a larger area that we sit within, that's now the city of Chattahoochee Hill Country. Mm -hmm. It's about a 40,000 acre area, which is, which is the size of Napa Valley for contact. Wow. And that was, um, it was a two and a half year effort to create the largest land use change in the recent history in the state of Georgia. Um, to ensure that not only Sarenby's land would be protected green space, but that the neighbors around us would also be. Um, it was then in 2002 that we started, when that zoning was passed, that we started planning for Sarenby. Uh -huh. um, and the first person moved in in May of 2005. And what was the first amenity that you created? Or, or when you promoted this to the public and said, look, we've got this great idea, what, what was that pitch? What brought the people in? 
Um, it was, a, you know, a, a community of people living amongst a community of trees, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was yeah. this idea, it was really green space. Um, yeah. Green space and community. Right. And thinking about like how um, that like urban streetscape in the middle of the woods. But and still, there's probably a lot of people who are like, okay, I love the idea, but do I really want to live in the middle of the woods because it's going to take me half an hour to get to the grocery store or the initial The initial bet without question was like my dad had built yeah. a successful real estate, I mean a restaurant company, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, this idea sounds totally crazy, um, but <laughs> he built a successful restaurant company. <laughs> so maybe this will work, yeah. right? Like yeah. maybe this works. And so that's literally... Um, I think the early people, right, yeah. um, were like betting on him. And then also we, you know, we created beautiful materials and collateral um, to begin to like articulate. And, and the beautiful materials and collateral will let, were less like imagery of other places. And really um, we commissioned artists um, mm -hmm. to think about um, how do you artistically kind of like pull on people's, not even pull on, but speak to people, the emotive, um, components that will be here right and so but without question the people who bought in the early like 2005 were fully buying into like vision and dream yeah right? because uh, how long did it take before you had a functioning restaurant and a little farmer's market and things like that it was about a year oh so that's not we, too long no we knew that we needed to because we were because it was so like fundamentally different right mm -hmm. it was important for us to start to create sense of place early so we opened the Blue Eyed Daisy Bake Shop in the community pretty early. Yeah. Um, a year in, like 2006, because, well, for really for three reasons. One, we knew we needed to start to create that place, right? That sense mm -hmm. of place. Um, number two, it's, it's really, I think, one of the fundamental ways of building community is creating a place where people can break bread together. Yeah. Um, and so um, knew that we needed that kind of like place where people could run into each other. Mm -hmm. um, and and have a you know cappuccino or have lunch in an unplanned manner and fashion um and then number three we knew that we needed which kind of ties to number one but needed a space when you were here looking at serenby and thinking about it that you don't create that like disconnect of well now i need a meal like where do i go <laughs> right and you have to like leave entirely right right or if you want to walk i remember when we lived in a um more of a I don't want to call it a track neighborhood, but it kind of was a track neighborhood. We loved it because the garages weren't in the front, they were on the side. So at least the lots were a little bit bigger, but it was when we were yeah. first married and we were like, oh, this is so cute. And then when we moved in, we were like, let's go on a walk. And it was just around the neighborhood. There was really nothing to walk to or, so we did it for a little bit when we first lived there, but then I kind of grew, I was like, I want to walk to a coffee shop or I want to walk to a something to go do something like it then you feel like you're a little more productive if you're going to walk and get some vegetables or something rather than just walk yeah I mean I think that you know the, this whole concept around walkable neighborhoods where uh -huh. you have so many like real estate developers or professionals thinking that walkability is providing sidewalks uh -huh. walkability is providing not only like a scale right a scale that's walkable and then a place to walk but is providing something to walk to, to yeah. what you spoke to, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not like, hey, you just provide a place where you can go walk for 30 minutes. Like, yeah. that's great if you need exercise, right? But right. so much of like walkable lifestyle um, is it's having places to walk to. Yeah. So 
Exactly. So tell me, um, what was, if, if I, it's just outside of Atlanta and you said it's how many thousand acres? Yeah, so we are, so Serenby is about 1,100 acres, uh -huh. um, of which at, at full completion, 30% or 300 acres um, will be densely developed with approximately 1,100 homes and up to a million square feet of commercial restaurant, office space, office hotel space, and then 700 acres of permanently protected green space. Wow. And um, then how big are the lots? Oh. The, the lots. Um, lots are anywhere from, you know, a a tenth, even less than like a half a tenth of an acre where you have um, a thousand square foot home that has a 600 square foot footprint, right? Um, to a half an acre that sits in the middle of the woods. Um, yep. But you were trying, I mean, the, the reasoning behind that is because you're still wanting to create community. You don't want to create a whole bunch of people that are, have several acres and don't talk to their neighbors. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Like um, by interesting, we'll have people show up and say like, I love the sense of community and walkability and front porches and I want, um, can I, can I want an acre or I want two acres yeah. and those two things do not coexist. Right. If that, if that makes sense. So like you can't create community and everybody living on an acre. So what right. we say is like, and it's also like, well, why do we all need an acre? Like nobody really knows why they need an acre, right? <laughs> um, what we do need, what we do all need is access to green space. Mm -hmm. So with our 700 acres of permanently protected green space that you either are backing up to and are views from the back or front of your house, or that you're within like a 30 second walk to, you know, our trail system that's 15 miles and growing, um, you, you have more than an acre, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like when you put acres, of that are acre lots next to each other, mm -hmm. you see all of your neighbors and acres not enough to create privacy. Right. Um, density surrounded by green space and at a proportion of 70, 30, so 30% developed, 70% um, 70 green space gives you a tremendous sense of that green space that you're looking for. Um, so you live there, when did you move to Serenby? So um, I, lived grew up here right yeah, went yeah. to um the hotel and restaurant school at cornell never thinking that i was going to come home thought i was going to travel around the world and work with a hospitality operator um but moved back um, right after college so may of 2005 and have been back for the last 15 years um without um so have been part of it i moved back two weeks before the first person moved in oh wow and now your family you have kids and your family lives there Yep, I have, and my sisters, so everybody has moved back. We all live here, so my oh. two sisters are here, um, and my middle sister, Kara, has two kids, and then I have two kids. So. Oh my gosh, that must make your parents so happy to just think that they developed this neighborhood, not only for just your family, but now you, you know, you're their grandkids, and here. how many yeah. people live in Serenby now? About 800. Wow. Yeah. So what is a day in a life like if you live in Serenby? Um, so a day in a life, like, so today, Friday, right, where it's a beautiful day and the sun is out. Um, it's everything from waking up and going and getting like a cappuccino at the Blue Eye Daisy Bake Shop, um, a cold pressed juice at Bamboo Juices, um, going on anywhere from personally, like I, the 15 miles of trails allow me to go on a great like five to six mile run, mm -hmm. um, just going out of my backyard and being in nature, right? Mm -hmm um to there's um community um for all of the kids community soccer game tonight at 5 30 
um, are the, we have an organic farm. So 25 acres set aside for the um, our organic farm um, that has CSA pickup, but tonight is veggie stand, or today is veggie stand pickup from 3.30 to 5.30. Right. Um, nice. And it's all, all of this happens like right within a walkable scale and where you run into neighbors um, along the way. So I always like joke that I'll plan on what should be like a, a five minute golf cart ride, right? Yeah. We have golf carts that people use on the streets. A five minute golf cart ride um, will take 20 minutes um, because yeah. you run into people like along the way yeah. um, who, who, who engage in a like super positive way, right? Who just wanna, right. who wanna say hello, who wanna have a conversation, who wanna talk about like something happening, inviting you to, to like something this weekend. Um, and I always like the quality of life here is so tremendously high that you don't want to plan things on the weekends. Like you don't want to have plans because you want to be available and open to all of the impromptu things that come about. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. I don't think people have realized until really this year, how much social interaction just plays such a huge part in our overall well-being. because um, we all want, you know, it seems like everybody wants privacy and the ability to relax and just like do whatever they want on their own. So, so many developers in the past have created these, standalone communities where everybody can be by themselves but i don't think that's making us healthier in general i think we need that connection we need it, to be it, yeah it hasn't been making us healthy even mm -hmm. like pre-covid we just didn't realize it right? right right and so it's that i mean i i say that like we've built these beautiful jail cells called houses <laughs> in america yeah. for the last 20 years where yeah. everything that you need is inside the house right? From like the movie theater to the espresso machine to, and then you wake up and realize that like you're totally alone and it's not the things that like fulfill us, but it's, it's community and it's interaction. Uh -huh. um, and that that is really only possible to have through the built environment, right? It's, it's the built environment is, is the number one foundation to creating community. It's right. I think a lot for a lot of adults, um, the last time that they really lived in community and their adult life is college. So right. college campuses, right, have that huge, like tremendous sense of community because so much of a college campus is built around that walkable scale. Um, well, and if you think about it, that's when we have some of the best times of our lives, right? And that's when we meet all of our friends and that's, I mean, yes. and then you leave that <laughs> and you never have that again. And so it's like, why? Like, why, why have we settled for that? Right? Right. And when you kind of ask people that it's either like, we don't, there aren't enough options. Right. Mm -hmm. And, or like, we've kind of just, we're all like trained in this way of thinking mm -hmm. like, well, I need the acre and I need the big house and I need all of the things. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we kind of, to your point that now we have a year of COVID where you can't run away from all of that, right? You're kind of in it. And all of a sudden everybody's realizing like, I don't really like where I live. Yeah. Like, I'm not really happy, right? Right. Like right. I actually don't want to be in a house with my spouse and children like 24 seven. Um, right. Or if I live alone, like it's really lonely to live in a place, not only where you live alone, but where there is no one. Right. So does that, you know, yeah. and so we've seen, Serenby has seen a huge, huge, um, increase in interest and just overall traffic because people having kind of that realization of like I want to live in a place that's more than just the four walls of my house. Well and I hope that you have gotten a lot of um, interest just from people realizing that this kind of development is amazing for the community at, 
you know, not just the residents, but probably for the people that live even around Serenby because they can come to your restaurants and they can come and um, absolutely there and, and be surrounded by this beautiful green space. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And so that's where like, we're always like from the wellness real estate component, mm -hmm. like we didn't set out to create wellness real estate, right? Or even think about like, what is wellness real estate? Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely, it found us, right? Yeah. Um, but it is, it speaks so much to that component of like we, um, when, when you're able to think about like a life well lived and what goes into that um, and what goes into just kind of really the fundamental core DNA of creating that place, um, the ingredients of the built environment, you do end up with a place that makes, um, that allows for residents to be, um, to be healthier, I don't, I kind of like to avoid the word happy because like, what does happy mean anymore? But like to be content, right? Uh -huh. um, and, and to find that place where like, you feel good about where you're living, uh -huh. um, where you have access to nature and access to community and access to food sources. And you find yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically in a, in a more, like in a more well state. Um, uh -huh. And so, you know, it's our hope from from Sarah because everybody one Sarah is not going to be big we're only a thousand homes right mm -hmm. but that we're here as an example and as a platform for like it is possible right it's possible to, to not only create this space but it's possible to seek out a place to live where all of those components are are here I love that so in my magazine I'm featuring wellness communities and we did one um, for a new it's a new development in Oceanside California it's called North River Farms I feel like it's very similar to what you have here but it's um, they're gonna have a winery and a CSA farm and education and they're gonna have a makers mark building where you can shop for artisan things um, yeah. it's only it's much smaller it's going to be about 500 homes but they want to have like a wine and balloon festival for the for the whole city that's there. They're going to have an outdoor amphitheater and things, and they're going to have trails and dog parks and a place to walk to and sidewalks. And I love that. So I just wonder, I mean, is this new agrihood um, going to be a model where they're all the same? Or what do you think makes Serenby uniquely different than just that? So I'm one, I'm biased, right? Um, but two, two I think, you know, what without question makes Sarah be uniquely different um, is we're so much more than like, than the agrihood component, right? A farm is, the farm is one of a hundred things that goes into lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. um, so from our um, commitment to green space, right? Mm -hmm. To 15 miles of trails, to 30 plus independent retailers and restaurants and growing right so that you have that like not only farm component where you're getting vegetables but that you can walk and pick up a bottle from a wine store and talk to like the person who owns the wine shop is running it and making recommendations um to the the multi-generational component of it um we have everybody living here from newborns to 91 and everything in between and i think that you know, we, we underestimate the power of living in a community where you can have relationships mm -hmm. with people who are not your age and who are in different life cycles and stages and who can be friends and mentors, um, where you can really live at San like you can live and go five days without getting in a car, right? Mm -hmm. But walking 20,000 steps a day, yeah. um, through just like genuine walking from A to B. And so it's that kind of fundamental, how can you live in a place that's not centered around a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. 
where you can have access to all of the components of life um, without having to get in a car. Um, I think we definitely under underestimate what like that car time from yes. AC can sometimes do. Um, so I think it's all of those different layers and components. Um, and then living in a place that like, that aesthetically inspires you. You know, we, um, it's kind of that like life should be beautiful, right? We should be did you, when you thought about the retail you were going to have, you're probably like, it cannot look like a strip mall. <laughs> so what do you do with all the cars that do want to park there that come in from out of town? I mean, do well, you have a aesthetic so it, plan? Yeah. Yes. Well, so cars are, it's interesting, right? When you look to some of our best urban cities or little towns in Europe, they have cars figured out, mm -hmm. right? You make everything parallel spaces. And if you need parking, if you need overflow parking, you have like removed parking lots that you don't visually see. Mm -hmm. um, and so fundamentally, like we have designed Serenby around the person, not the car. Mm -hmm. And so everything comes from the standpoint of like, how do we make things accessible to people on foot? And then cars are secondary. Right. Um, whether that's like garages or parking lots or so it's possible to like allow for the parking spaces for commercial, but you make people walk. Yeah. And when you're going from commercial node from A to B or place, you know, C to D, like you can walk from those places. You don't have to drive. It's only mm -hmm. in America, right? Where we're like, oh, I need to go from, you know, <laughs> this place to that place. I'm just going to drive in my car everywhere. Well, um, it is a lonelier place to be too. And I feel like because it's so convenient and we're always in a rush, but this year has just been an amazing opportunity for us to sl all slow down at the same time. Right. Right. And to realize what's this rush? Like, how are we, right. like one of my least favorite words has become and has been for a couple of years. It's like busy. When you ask them, like, how are you? And they're like, I'm busy. It's like, well, what, what does that mean? Like, how, <laughs> like <laughs> but right. If we kind of started societally, we started to use busy as this like status right. symbol. And it's like, well, you're busy with what? Like, what are right. you, you know? Well, 10 years could go by and you've been busy but did you accomplish any of the things that you really wanted to do or did you, you know, what? And so I think that it's really easy for us to just be busy all the time doing the things and we don't have enough, we don't have time to actually think about, well, what is it? What's my goal? Where yeah. do I want my life to be in five years? What right. do I want to be raising? You know, how do I want to be raising my family? What's important to us as, you know, a family and yeah. how do I, how do I design my life? to be that, you know, yep. and if you don't think about it and you're not conscious about what you're trying to plan out, you could, 10 years could go by and you've lived being busy and you don't have connection and you don't have all the things that would bring you more happiness than stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So I love this. It's so amazing. Um, you were probably one of the first wellness communities developed, right? I mean, back in 2004, I think we I think we probably were um, the first wellness and definitely um, when agrihood became a, a term right yeah. it was referenced in an article of naming like Sarenby and agrihood and I remember the word came out and we were like agrihood is that is that like <laughs> when someone called us an agrihood yeah and then it, like it kind of went viral right, right. we were like okay we're in agrihood <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's kind of cool I live in the agrihood yeah um, yeah, I mean, I also just did an article about the total opposite. It's a urban kind of wellness design in San Diego called the Idea District. And okay. it's about bringing um, inspiration, uh, art, oh gosh, education and design all together, but in 
the in I <laughs> designed that right after inspiration. And um, anyways, they wanted to attract you know, young professionals and bring tech workers there. So they built um, 32 square blocks of downtown San Diego with the idea of having where, where you could work and play and have connection and have arts around you and good food and not just make an apartment complex. So it's pretty interesting. I just think that um, I love that you've inspired so many other developers to create a place where people live, but it's not just their home. It's about the community. It's about having amenities and it's about bringing connection to everybody that lives there and even the surrounding communities around it. It's just, it's wonderful. And I really hope that um, that's the new way developers just start developing in the future. Thank you. And I hope so too. It's, it's, you know, it's, we need a fundamental shift when you think about like the, that we are more un, un, unhappy and unhealthy than we've ever been societally. Right. Right. So we've got to like figure out how to create that shift and create that. Well, I do think it's because people are always going after the things and then it's really the people that have acquired these things that then tell everybody, no, it's not, just the things <laughs> you know you need the people and you need yeah. you know um you need the connection and you need to be giving of yourself to others in you know everybody has talents and gifts and so if you are sharing those with other people it doesn't mean that you're giving away money or whatever it could be that you're just helping a friend or you're you're inspiring somebody to be their best selves you know and if, if you have that connection and those conversations with people more often than not um you're going to be happier and more fulfilled inside so i love that we can have communities designed for that to be happening yep absolutely yeah so what is um so what's going on right now with serenby you you have serenby real estate what is that just marketing the homes within the neighborhood or what is that yeah, absolutely. So Serenby Real Estate is the brokerage arm mm -hmm. uh, that works with our builders. Um, so represents builders and developer and, and lot sales. Um, but what's going on in Serenby, so we're about um, almost 45% of the way through the neighborhood. Um, we're actively building out Motto, our third neighborhood, um, mm -hmm. with a commercial. Each of our neighborhoods has a different commercial focus or intention. Mm -hmm. um, Selborne, our first neighborhood, focused on the arts. Um, Grange, our second neighborhood around agriculture, it's where the farms is. And then Motto, our third neighborhood, the commercial focus and intention there is wellness. Um, oh. And so we are um, about halfway through Motto and are breaking ground on like the second half um from from homes and so are actively uh working on building that out um so if your focus is on wellness what is it that you're providing in that third part that's different than the others was we say like wellness is everywhere throughout serenby um but as practitioners come in and so thinking about like how pract where practitioners physically are and so that if um so all most of the commercial within motto is geared and oriented towards um, health and wellness practitioners. Mm -hmm. and so we think that it helps to create like um, overall sense of place mm -hmm. if your commercial components um, are cohesive, right? So that the dentist office is not next to the art gallery that's next to like the retail shop, right? right. So um, we about a year and a half ago opened our first um, uh, commercial building in Mato that's about 28,000 square feet and home to 15 different wellness practitioners. So Motto has everything from a cold press juice company, Bamboo Juices, to our yoga studio, Pilates Reformer Studio, gym, 
um, holistic dentist, uh, pediatrician, chiropractor, physical therapist, um, integrative doctor, like on and on and on comprehensively. So you're creating really a town that, yes. <laughs> that you can walk to everything. And I mean, I watched the video that your dad did where he just said that the old towns from 50 to 100 years ago, they had all these elements that our communities are losing. Um, yep. And so I would imagine walkability is just one of those elements. What are the other elements that you can think of that you're trying to incorporate in Serenby that we don't have? So food sources, right? Mm -hmm. Not only where you can walk um, to find food, um, access to green space. Mm -hmm. So, so much of like white people will, we go in a car for 30 minutes to go to a park, to go on a walk. Right? <laughs> right. So it's like, well, no, that can just be outside of your back door. Um, right. Um, and then, and, and then community, like where right. people, where you live somewhere where you genuinely want to spend time with the people who are your neighbors right. and your neighbors become more than your neighbors, but become your friends. Um, well, I remember when I was a kid, we used to have this green space behind our house and, um, it just wasn't developed yet because it's developed yeah. now, but, um, there were trees and we used to climb the trees and we used to go on like snail. We used to try to, you know, salt the snails. That's not very nice of us, but <laughs> we used to go on snail hunts and, um, ride our bikes. And, you know, my husband said the same thing. There was like the woods and they used to run and play in the woods. Yep. And, um, lots of kids don't get to have that experience now. And you just, I mean, as a kid, I remember it was a fun time where you could feel a little independent. You could do whatever you wanted to do and you could just play and use your imagination for right. things rather than um, playing with so many tech tools or things that are giving you feedback rather than you being inspired and just creating something on your own. Yep. Um, so I think that going back to nature and having our kids get the opportunity to play like that just you know, we, I, I feel like I read something that said, cause I'm part of the, um, X generation and <laughs> they were saying that this whole COVID and stuff is the X generation was meant for this because we were the latchkey kids and we were the ones that were left at home all the time with the two parents working and we had woods and stuff back then. Right. And we just, we just were bored all the time and we created stuff on our own. So having to, um, you know, sit around and be bored, we're, we're okay with that. <laughs> but right. These younger generations, when they're they're used to being everything planned or having so much to do all the time, to be forced to sit home and do nothing is much probably much harder for them. Well, and it's harder for them, and then we don't live in spaces where like there are alternatives. So that's right. that becomes then. I think that's something like COVID then kind of like lifts that lifts that like you're not able to hide from that, right? right. Whereas like kids at Sanrby have shifted beautifully because. Mm -hmm. You have about 160 kids that live here and yeah. kids aren't using their playrooms, right? They're outside, they're outside running on the trails and running down streams and riding bikes oh and, their, you know, and so that's been the lifestyle that kids have always lived here. And yeah. so it's that really, it's, it provides that. And there's a great book called Last Child in the Woods um, mm -hmm. that was written about 14 years ago by Richard Louvre, who talks about how nature deficit disorder Mm -hmm. and how there is an increase in ADD and a decrease in critical thinking directly related to what you're saying of kids not growing up with needing to create their own like things to do and building that imagination, mm -hmm. but instead are like fully scheduled from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And it's having a direct 
negative correlation to so like there's so many things yeah oh my gosh i'm so inspired i love it i hope that someday i'll get to visit sarenbi yes um but if anyone wants to learn more how can they do that um so the best place to start um if you're sitting at home is going to our website Mm -hmm. um, and the second then back and from our website, there's so much information and um, clicking you out to like different articles and, and resources. But we say there's not a single person who doesn't like study us with from an in-depth standpoint mm -hmm. um, that when they visit or like this is so much more than I ever thought. So oh we always encourage people um, to visit. And I should say I should back up on our website. We have a podcast series um, when we realized that there was only so much that we could put in writing. Yeah. And our podcast is on its um, on its third season. So you can access that from the website, but I highly recommend for people who are intrigued and interested to access our, our, our podcast, Serenby Stories. Serenby Stories, that's awesome. So do you have a school in the neighborhood too? We do. We have Acton Academy, which is a model of, of learning, um, is in the neighborhood and services about 80 kids. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Um, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure meeting you, and I loved hearing about Serenby. Thank you, and thank you for having us today. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine. And they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues, and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.